Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News Bite with Jim Guckin. Welcome to the Cybersecurity News Bite, episode 15 for April 25th, 2022. Hackers sneak more eggs malware into resumes sent to corporate hiring managers. Amazon's hot patch for Log4J flaw found vulnerable to privilege escalation bug. Successful first round of DHS bug bounty program and Bluetooth vulnerability in smart COVID tests patched. So part of me really loves when uh, fishers change their tactics because, um, you know, we all kind of get used to them. Uh, and there was a story a couple weeks ago, I don't know if people caught it, where uh, people were offered jobs and they had malware attached to them. Well, this kind of seems like the opposite of that. A, a uh, phishing attack has been discovered using the more eggs malware that's the name of the malware um and it's actually striking at corporate hiring managers and they attach a bogus resume that's pretty much the way you get infected so a very uh, interesting way of targeting businesses especially now when it's a big hiring thing uh, as people get back to work and companies are, are still dealing with the great resignation uh, that you use these things to kind of trick people into clicking it and then your access to their network. Now, eCentire's research and reporting lead, Keegan Keplinger, uh, pretty much said that the company identified and disrupted four separate security instances using this kind of attack. And three of these occurred at the end of last month. So it's still a fairly new one. Now, Thankfully, uh, right now, Targeted Industries are a U.S. aerospace company, an accounting business located in the U.K., and a law firm and a staffing agency, both based out of Canada. So it's still fairly targeted, but doesn't mean you shouldn't be aware of it and start protecting yourselves for it. Um, now, this is right now suspected. There's no real um, evidence of this, but it's suspected to be a threat actor called Golden Chickens, also known as venom spider because you know our threat actors don't have a single way of calling the most things call them differently so honestly i didn't know a lot about more eggs uh, until i saw this story so more eggs uh, if you're unaware is a stealthy modular malware that gives you backdoor access it's capable of stealing information it also has tools which help it conduct a lateral movement across your network um, and it's really clever because the way it does this is it actually executes itself by passing malicious code to legitimate Windows processes and letting those Windows processes do the work for them, hence getting around security software. Um, and it's pretty interesting to use the, the resumes as a decoy to launch these kind of attacks. Now, according to... The researcher, threat actors behind more eggs use scalable spear phishing approach that weaponizes expected communications, in this case such as resumes, uh, that match a hiring manager's expectations or job offers targeting hopeful candidates that match their current or past job titles. So, a little bit targeted here because they're using the information that's available out there to kind of customize the way this looks um, to really entice people so it's not just like a hey here's a, a resume this is hey a resume for a job title that you're currently looking for or, or just stopped looking for um, and they try to make it look like you know something you want to click on so 
with this, I mean, really the key thing is to not click on stuff that you're not expecting or that you um, uploaded to some, I mean, it's really hard, but macros, I'm assuming, may be part of this. You know, you shouldn't have any macros in Word products. Um, but do your best to kind of be on the lookout for this kind of stuff. If it seems too good to be true, if it's unsolicited, if it's not coming through your regular channels, uh, just take a moment to think uh, because really you want to be safe. You don't want the stuff in your network. Um, and why this tactic right now is very targeted doesn't mean it will always stay targeted. Now, at this point, we're all just a little tired of Log4j, uh, but I found this kind of funny. So Amazon put out a hot patch to fix the log for shell log for J vulnerability that's out there. Uh, but now the hot patch released by Amazon uh, could be leveraged uh, for container escape or, or and or privilege escalation, uh, allowing an attacker to seize control of the underlying host. Now, aside from the containers, unprivileged processes can also exploit the patch to escalate privileges. Once again, causing root execution. So these uh, group of CVEs are CVE 2021-3100, CVE 2021-3101, CVE 2022-0070, and CVE 2022-0071. They have a, a CVSS score of 8.8. .8. So these are fairly ones you probably should be paying attention to. Um, but it's kind of funny that, you know, in in the way of trying to fix things and make it as easy as possible, which Amazon, I will give them the credibility of they tried uh, and inadvertently caused this. So uh, this, the CVEs affect uh, the hot fix solution that was shipped by AWS in an attempt to stem uh, the log for J issue. Um, and the way it was designed was to search for Java processes and patch them against log for J on the fly uh, but the problem is it doesn't ensure that the new Java processes are run within the restrictions imposed on the container. So it's kind of running above it. So when it runs, it runs, um, you know, uh, in a more escalated privileged state. Now, what an attacker could do is pretty much craft a malicious a binary that's named Java and then the uh, patch that AWS put out will try to uh, install the hot patch solution into evoking that malicious code with uh, elevated privileges. Now the elevated privileges could be weaponized by the process to escape the container and gain full control and compromise the entire server. Now, if you ran this, there's a way to do it. Uh, users who use AWS who are using this hot patch uh, are actually recommended to use the upgraded version of the hot patch as soon as possible, just to make sure that, you know, you're getting around this potential exploitation. But AWS is saying, uh, uh, upgrade as soon as possible, but only after prioritizing patching against actively exploited log for shell flaws. So log for shell is still important because that can be exploited externally. Um, this patch, you kind of have to have access to that box already. So it's important that you fix log for J and then you go after this patch 
Uh, but it goes to show you sometimes, uh, and we don't see it often, where patches can make a little more problem than they intended to, to fix. Uh, and it's not AWS's problem. They just tried to get something out quickly that would patch stuff, and it did, and then we, we have a problem. So um, just pay attention to the patches out there. Make sure you're patching all your systems regularly. Um, if you didn't even know this was out there and you patched on a normal basis, you might have caught this already, and you're fine. Uh, but pay attention to security patches. They are very important systems, especially when they are cloud-based. Now, something I think is cool, and maybe you didn't know about it, was the Department of Homeland Security has come up with a bug bounty program. And so far, uh, as the recording of this, there's about 450 researchers who are working through the Department of Homeland Security's uh, Hack the DHS Bug Bounty Program. Uh, so, you have these 450 people. So far, they've identified 122 vulnerabilities, and 27 of those vulnerabilities were critical in the agency's systems. Uh, the agency has awarded $125,000 uh, to participants for finding and identifying vulnerabilities. Now, obviously, this isn't for just anyone to do. Uh, the researchers who are vetted by the agency before participating are eligible to receive between $500 and $5,000 for verified vulnerabilities, depending on its severity. So obviously, the bigger severity, the higher the price is. Uh, and think about it, 122, and this was just launched uh, in December of 2021. So really kind of only four or five months uh, into th this point. And the good thing is, is it brings the Department of Homeland Security up to speed with other agencies that already kind of had bug bounty programs in the federal government, such as the Department of Defense, the Internal Revenue Service, both which have had their programs since 2016. So why it's great some of the more, I guess, targeted uh, federal agencies already had one uh, for years at this point. Now, when they released this, they didn't disclose the vulnerabilities that were found, nor do they share any information about fixes for the bugs. Um, but, I mean, they, they're aware of them. They, they didn't have them before, so that's a, that's a win right there. Uh, so, once they... Uh, are told about these, the agency verifies the flaws within 48 hours uh, and then has to fix them within 15 days. Or if it's a very complex bug that just can't be patched or, or something that might break things, well, then they have to develop a plan to fix them. Now, a lot of companies have these bug bounty programs and they, they, they sometimes seek to get security researchers to probe or attack or scan a particular application or server and um, let us know about the problem, and then we give you money for it. That's the way a lot of companies do this. Uh, the problem is, too, and I will always say this out here, the black market for some of these bugs, especially if it's a proper, popular program that is used by a lot of people, the black market obviously pays more for that. And, uh, you know, critics of, the, of these kind of programs say that, uh, well, you know, some unscrupulous researcher... Um, is going to sell that vulnerability to the black market for much more than the $5,000. Yeah, but that could happen anyway. And in fact, that isn't help helping within the grounds of the bounty program. I mean, yeah, you can sell it elsewhere, but, you know, it's one of those things of if you're registering for the program, you're more than likely going to do it. And if you're going to scan for vulnerabilities, you're not waiting for this program anyway. Now, uh, 
As of Friday, this was the end of the first phase of the DHS bug bounty program. The second phase will consist of a live in-person hacking event. Um, and the third will identify lessons learned uh, to help with future bug bounty programs. So it's really is a great little tool that the Department of Homeland Security is doing. Uh, a lot of companies are doing this. There are pluses and minuses if you're thinking about it for your organization. So weigh both sides and decide if it's something you want to do because some companies get uh, inundated regardless of um, if they have an official bug bounty program. People want to take advantage of this. Uh, and some, you know, hackers are going to do it anyway. So at least make it worth someone's time to, or, or even give them away. Even if there's no bug bounty program, have a vulnerability reporting program so that at least people who are good nature, where they may not get money, uh, can at least report, you know, bugs to you. Because that way... It, let you know of something you weren't aware of and you can fix. And as I said, hackers out there can make more money on the on the dark web, on the black um, marketplace, but give people the chance to do what's right. Now, for our final story, uh, this is not necessarily one that impacts a lot of businesses, uh, but if you're making new products and you're using Bluetooth, Bluetooth I see is in everything nowadays, you have to secure that Bluetooth connection. So uh, a company called Q Health uh, learned about this the hard way. Q Health makes COVID tests, uh, which they call smart COVID tests because it uses Bluetooth to communicate. Uh, but they had to release a patch on Friday for unsecured Bluetooth communications between their smart Q Health home COVID test. Uh, this allowed, uh, if you snooped and intercepted it, to change the test results. Now, this is a very minor thing. I mean, granted, if you had COVID and you changed it to you didn't have COVID, that could be kind of bad. But the it's, it's such a, a niche hack that you would have to do. But it goes to show you that as we embrace a more technology-centric world where everything becomes smart, well, we have to make sure that we are integrating security concepts in at the beginning. And this is kind of my fear with smart cars. I love smart cars. I am I am fascinated with them. But they have to have security built in from the ground level. Now, I should say Q Health is not the only one. There is a second manufacturer of smart COVID tests to patch this type of vulnerability um, in December uh, named Elmior. So both Q and Elmore vulnerabilities were discovered by the same security researcher, uh, Ken Gannon, uh, with a company called WithSecure, which was formerly F-Secure Business. Now, the funny thing is the test itself is accurate. What the hacker or an attacker can do is just change a single bit in the communication between the test and a mobile device or the test and the computer and change that result, whether it's positive to negative, negative to positive, um, and then the device, your phone, your computer, then uploads that to uh, Q servers before the final result was certified by the company. Now, in both situations, tests were accurate, certified, and third-party results are kind of very critical on these applications. So having this kind of vulnerability, not the greatest. Um, both these tests, Allure and uh, Alum and uh, Q, uh, both permitted for COVID travel test results. So people wanting to get around it could pretty much do it. Now the manufacturers 
remotely monitor the test takers online through video, which allows them to t obtain a, a certified results. But if you're intercepting Bluetooth, you don't have to be in the room with someone. Now, the company did say the reliability and security of our technology is of the utmost importance to our company, and we appreciate the WithSecure's team's collaboration. Thanks to WithSecure's help, we confirmed that highly skilled individuals with cybersecurity expertise could change a test result, and we swiftly issued a software update to fix this issue to detect falsification of COVID-19 test results within the app. So, very important that, as I said, we have to get this in. And it's great that they've put a patch in. Uh, I would just be cautious that any application that is not vigorously tested and does not have someone trying to break it or break in or change the results. Um, if you're in those kind of manufacturing companies, maybe push that that's what it should do. Um, because, yeah, in a lab, everything works right and the communications are there. And while these kind of attacks are very niche, you'd have to understand the, the traffic back and forth and be able to flip it over. I'm sure some individual there will figure it out and not only figure it out, but make it distributable so that your average Joe Schmo can do it. So yeah, why the attack at first is very complex and you need a cybersecurity expert to do it. That's the way malware was. And now we have malware as a service that was ransomware. Ransomware as a service is a big thing now where you don't need to even be a programmer. You just click things on a web interface and make it go. So why technology starts out at a high level to get in, it'll, you know, quickly go the other way. Well, that's our stories for the week. Please make sure you stay safe online and join us again next week. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. 